Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here online today. I'm Sarah. This is Micah, and we're the pastors at the Vine Church in Tri-Cities, Washington, and we're so glad that you've chosen to be here with us this morning. We also want you to know that we are meeting in person in West Pasco at our new building, uh, Sundays at 10 a.m. So whenever you're ready to gather in person again, please come. We are excited to see everyone again. It has been a blast getting to see people and spend time after church with a, a snack or meal and, and just be face to face again. So we look forward to seeing you in the near future. We've been in a study in the mission of God. Uh, we've looked at the biblical narrative and explored a God who is on mission, bringing healing and reconciliation in this world. We looked at how in Jesus, the um, mission of God began to transfer hands into the apostles and the early church we explored. We explored church history, and now we find ourselves asking this question of we as a small part of the church in this community or a small part of the church throughout the world, what does it mean to participate in the mission of God? What does it look like to engage and be participants in what God is doing in this world? And so last week, we started with more a conversation of posture or our state of being in this world and in the mission of God. Uh, and we identified the posture of both surrender to God um, and the Holy Spirit and abiding in Jesus. So now we want to start to look a little bit more at what does it look like to be engaged in how what do we do as the church engaged in the mission of god you know this week i've been really enjoying being outside it's spring here and it's just been gorgeous the weather's been amazing one of my favorite times this week um, i grabbed our puppy izzy who's about seven or eight months old and i went for a hike at amon creek natural preserve and what's so cool about it is this shrubbery area and wetland area. What's so cool about it is just five or seven minutes from our house. But when you park and start walking down the trail, it feels like you're in the wilderness. Like you're surrounded by the sounds of nature that you can feel the breeze and hear the birds. And I saw tons, tons and tons of birds, saw signs of beaver. I saw two rabbits, even large rabbits just hopping along and it was such a worshipful time for mm -hmm. me I was able to just breathe God's beauty and nature around me and I could feel the stress that I was experiencing that day just kind of melt off of me and was able to spend time in prayer and just being present to God. And, and one thing that really struck me as I sat there and, and listened and looked around um, at all the activity around me is I was struck by the beauty in God's creation. And, and, and in that moment, just able to praise God for, for who he is and the beauty that he's created around, around us. So for me, that was a really a highlight for this week. And it was a very worshipful time for me. You know, that's an interesting way to use the word worship. Um, so we're going to talk about worship today as a uh, primary um, occupation or activity of the church. But you use it in a very different sense. I think often when we think of worship, we think of the uh, four songs or whatever that you sing at church <laughs> before uh, the sermon. Um, we, we use the word worship in that way. And though that's not entirely incorrect, it is 
quite reductive. We mm-hmm. are we are missing the scope of worship if that is what we think of as worship. So today we're going to try to broaden our our understanding and of worship and consider what does it look like to engage more deeply in worship on uh, in our daily lives throughout our lives. So in the Old Testament, the idea of worship was described um, in terms of handling the holy things of God. So that could be the ceremonies, the items, the things pertaining to God. We were just meeting with a friend, Carrie, this last week, and he was talking in some detail about worship. And this idea that this um, handling the holy things of God, this language kind of continues or transitions, I guess, as we get into the New Testament. Um, the shift takes place in which instead of people going to a temple to worship God, the, the church, the people of God are called the temple of God, and we are called a royal priesthood. And so in this shift and transition, the conversation of worship as handling the holy things of God begins to shift in an interesting way. It shifts into a new conversation of all that we do and all that we handle has some aspect of this holy engagement with God. So as we define worship today, uh, we'll consider ideas like reverence or service or adoration offered up to God. It's the human response to a divine creator. It's a response to a God who loves and is gracious, and it revolves around, yes, the specific intentional engagement in worship activities, and also the way we live life on a day-to-day basis. So worship is our inward response to God that is expressed outwardly through our actions and our words and our entire lives. And so this happens on Sunday, Sunday morning, but it also happens Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. It is, it is a life of worship. And so it happens in our public spaces. It happens in our private lives. It happens individually and it also happens in community. Mm -hmm. So why do we worship? Well, it's a response to the magnitude and the love of the divine, of God. Um, You know, in uh, both Greek and Hebrew, the Old Testament and New Testament scriptures, we read words like bow down or serve or revere or reverence for God. And often those are the words that are translated into worship for us. So uh, worship has to do first with a posture in, in which we approach God. It's our perspective on who God is and the role that he plays in our lives. And it results in us bowing down, serving, being reverent towards him. You know, I, when I think about that, I think of, of the image in my mind of just being floored by God. Just like, wow, I, I see God. I'm experiencing God. And worship is this response of just being amazed and floored by, by God. I must say, um, I don't know if you're old enough, if you're watching this, I'm old enough that I have to Google what emojis mean sometimes. <laughs> I know, a tangent, but. What's an emoji? <laughs> what's an emoji? Oh, you are old. <laughs> 
Um, but when I when I think it's kind of silly, but when I think of of this response to God, I think of like wow, mind blown. Sort of, I, I can think of all the emojis that I would put on that text mm-hmm. if I were texting someone about worship. Omg. Omg. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. Literally, literally, that's what we're talking about. Yes. Okay, that's a little bit um, goofy, but. Uh, what we're considering is like recognizing who God mm-hmm. is. Wow, God, you are amazing. And it propels us into this posture of worship. Uh, worship is a response to God, to who God is. Mm-hmm. And it plays out in both our relationship with him through prayer and praise and things like that. But also it plays out in the ways that we live on a daily basis mm-hmm. in this world. In fact, Romans 12 speaks to this concept. Now, we, we read and talked about Romans 12 last week in the context of submitting to God or the Holy Spirit. But today we're going to read the passage again and we're going to hone in on the idea of worship. Okay, so Romans 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, Worship here in this context is this, this surrender to God, this sacrificing, um, for God that we offer to God, our lives set apart for God. That's what holy means to be set apart for a special purpose for God, that we surrender and offer our lives as a sacrifice to God. And that is what worship is. What an interesting and beautiful description of worship. I mean, as we mentioned earlier, often we think of it as a, you know, 20 or 30 minute time of singing on Sunday morning. No, worship is the way we live life. Our willingness to, with open hands, give up the things that we have or uh, our own plans or intentions to say, God, your will be done. Now, this is a posture of worship. That is, that is beautiful to think about. So worship, thinking of worship as a lifestyle. Worship is a life that is centered around yes. God. And when, though the time of singing at church is a worshipful moment, a worshipful time, when we just say that that's what worship is, then we tend to miss how the rest of our life is also to be worship to God. So worship is a posture of the entirety of our life lived in reverence and service to God. So I want to go to Colossians 3 because I think there's there's some beautiful uh there's a beautiful message in there for us as as we think about worship as a lifestyle. So I'm going to read Colossians 3 verses 12 through 17. Therefore as God's chosen people Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell dwell among you richly 
as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There's a lot in there. A whole lot. Let's go back to the beginning, though, (laughs) and we're going to highlight, we're going to try to hone in on what does this have to do with worship. Um, It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy Mm -hmm. and dearly loved. Now, the language just harkens back to it, just calls us back to the story of Israel, a chosen people. It speaks of this priestly position, uh, a holy people, both to handle and, in fact, in New Testament terms, to be Mm -hmm. the holy things of God. It says, so you are this chosen people. You are holy. So clothe clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, this list is remarkably aligned with the gifts of the Spirit. Love, Mm -hmm. joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So these are things that God is producing in us. These are fruits of the Spirit. And yet here it says, so clothe yourself in them. So, I mean, the Holy Spirit could be producing all these things in me, but I may not be living them out or demonstrating them in the world. And this says, so clothe yourself in it. When people see you, let them see your compassion, your kindness, your humility, your gentleness, and your patience. He says, you are chosen and holy. Live a worshipful life and and posture in this world as you take on and live out the gifts of the Spirit. And then the last verse that we read in there, verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, whatever you do. So this is 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 referencing our entire lives. Whatever we're doing, do it in the name of Jesus. And that phrase, do it in the name of Jesus, means that we're aligned with Jesus. We are um, submitting to his authority. We're surrendering to his purposes for our lives, participating in his mission and do this giving thanks. And I think of that moment um, for me this last week, just sitting in awe of God, giving thanks for who God is and what God is doing and his invitation for calling us um, measly old us to participate in his mission with him. I mean, what a beautiful opportunity. Yeah. And so we find ourselves here talking about worship in Colossians mm-hmm. chapter three. And here's the ironic thing in the passage we just read. I don't know if you noticed, but the word worship is not used yeah. in the text there. And yet it is described beautifully. In fact, if you go back to the New Testament, I think you'll be shocked at how little the word worship is actually used in Scripture. And yet throughout the New Testament Scripture, it is described beautifully. This posture, this reverence, the way we engage and live in relation to who God is. So worship is to encompass our whole life. Um, every day, everything that we do, everything that we say. And so that does include 
gathering on Sunday mornings at church that does include that. You know, we had, Micah mentioned a great conversation with a friend, Carrie, this week and just talking about what worship means in the Old Testament and the church in the New Testament, what the purpose of the church was and what the function of the church was. And this is how he described uh, the church's purpose and function. He said two things. We're to build one another up and to share Christ together. And I love that. Building one another up and sharing Christ together. You see, community, living in community is a very important aspect of our gathered assembly, of, of our, ch- of the church coming together. It is in community that we get to demonstrate the mission of God. You know, part of that mission is to reconcile people to each other. We get to live that out in community as God establishes shalom, peaceful, whole relationships among us. And and this living in community happens um, both in an organized sense, so like a Sunday morning, you know, organized and structured, but also in an organic sense. When we go for a walk together, when we sit around the table eating a meal together, that also is living in community together. Yeah. So we've identified worship is in each of our lives, Mm -hmm. a continual posture and opportunity invitation to us. And yet we do come together in these gatherings, um, in our church services or in our small groups or in our walks. And so we're asking the question of what does it look like to worship in community in addition to each of our everyday walks and lives. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, there's a really uh, interesting and beautiful description of what the early church leaned into as they came together, as they gathered. It said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, mm-hmm. and to prayer. So here, they uh, the first of those describes they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Okay, so they were centered around this gospel message, this good news. Jesus has risen from the dead. A new era has been ushered in. There is new hope both in this life and in the next. There is good news. There is freedom and hope found in Jesus. So as they came together, they were committed to this gospel idea. And then it also says they were devoted to fellowship. And we don't use that word um, much these days outside of the church context, but, but fellowship is referring to sharing something together, doing life together. You know, we were not created to be isolated little islands by ourselves. We were created, um, in, with this web of interconnectivity, uh, connected to each other, connected to God, connected to the rest of the world. And so we're, we're to come together in community, having fellowship with each other. Yeah. And it said they committed themselves to breaking of bread, the breaking of bread. And this is a beautiful term and concept. Today we call it Eucharist or communion, and it's done in a little bit more of a religious setting, right? We often do it in our church service. In fact, this morning at church, we're going to take communion uh, together and remember uh, Jesus and reflect upon his sacrifice, his body and his blood. Um, so communion, it's a beautiful thing to us, but what they describe here 
is the breaking of bread. You see, because in the first century church, it was literally a meal shared together. This was a part of the way they came together in community, in a posture of worship to God. They would share a meal together. And in that meal, they would remember his body and his blood. They would break bread together. And this was central to who the church was in the first century. And then this verse also describes them devoting themselves to prayer. And we talked about prayer last week as opening ourselves up to God, both individually and as a community to open ourselves up and ask God to speak to us, to listen to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit guides us, and then to follow, to surrender our will and in seeking his will and then participate in whatever God is doing. Mm-hmm. So we zoom out and we say, so worship is a posture and invitation to show reverence for and love for and appreciation to God. And it plays out in our daily lives and it plays out as we come together uh, and as we worship together. And finally, I, I want to make this one last point about worship. Um, and in fact, this came out when Craig and Erica were teaching mm-hmm. um, this class these past few weeks, a class that we'll repeat. And I hope that you'll join us for um But this idea that worship is also a witness to the world. You see, there are many truth claims out there in the world, and there are many things or people that some might consider worthy of adoration or or worship or praise. And the fact that we come together in a posture of worship, this is a witness to a demonstration to the world about this truth claim that Jesus is Lord. So today, as as we talk about worship, we orient our lives around God. We orient ourselves to serving God, to praising God. And this includes everything, not just Sunday morning, but including Sunday morning, includes everything that we do, everything that we say, our lives as a whole, we orient around serving and praising God. Absolutely. So you are invited to adopt a posture of worship in the week to come. Yes, when we come together and when we get to sing songs and when we get to read scripture together, let's be worshipful in that moment. But you are invited in the week to come to choose a posture of worship, of love and joy and peace, patience, compassion, all of these things, a life lived in the way of Jesus is a life lived in worship of a God who is worthy of it. Let's pray. Dear God, we just worship you. We praise you and we exalt you, Lord. We acknowledge that you are creator, that you are our God. And Lord, we submit and surrender to you. God, we just thank you today that you have invited us to join you on mission that you have invited us um, to be a part of the healing and the reconciliation and the restoration that you are bringing about here in our world. And so today, God, as a community, as, as a church following you, we say, yes, we want to be a part of that. We want to live our lives in worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, friends, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be with you. Thank you for inviting us into your living room this morning. And uh, we can't wait to see you again. Have a blessed week. Bye, everyone.